folks, welcome to another episode of the Fabricators Coach Podcast. Uh, as the uh, long intro for the, the previous uh, episode talked about, uh, we're talking with Aaron Crowley, uh, both from Fab Lab Podcast fame and from No Lift Install Cart fame. As you may know, Aaron owned a shop for 20 years and he sold it not long ago. And so we're going to continue our conversation about his experience. Uh, we're going to continue, we're going to join that conversation in progress. You mentioned um, the challenge of, of trying to get all this information, documentation pulled together and not tell your employees, not kind of let that go. I, I think everybody understands why you wouldn't want to tell your employees, but at some point you have to. What's what's how does that go? How do you how do you handle that? And and obviously, you don't the person buying the business doesn't want to lose all your good employees. So there's some thought that has to go into that process. How did how did you guys handle that? Yeah, that was it felt like a high wire act, honestly. I mean, it was a and I'm trying to think back. So I had so we we had a we had our countertop company, we had no lift, and then we had Fabricator's friend, which is another company. And so I had I had an accounting department, which had, I think, three full-time employees in it. And we were essentially subcontracting. You know, we were running the books for three different companies. Right. We might have had four, we might have had four people in that department. Um, so I, thankfully, I had some in-house. Um, and then I had a third-party bookkeeper that was kind of our auditor. She'd been our she'd set our books up like 20 years before. So right. thankfully, I had her as a kind of uninterested party that I could go to and say, hey, um, her name was Bev. And I could say, Bev, I would explain to her what was going on before we told anybody else. So she was able to pull a lot of that information for us. But it, 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 had I not had her at some point, I would have had to have told at least one person in that office like, hey, this is what's going on. And I'm going to need you to provide me a lot of information over the next you know, weeks and yeah. months. Yeah. Um, but I, that was probably the most stressful part of that initial phase of when we had the letter of intent and all of a sudden now the banks and it's like, Holy crap, this is actually going to happen. This is getting, <laughs> this is getting scary. Yeah. Yeah, this is getting real. Yeah. And part, you know, we had a we had a, a management team that had, I think the person that had been the least on my payroll was like 11 or 12 years. So, I mean, I had three primary, you know, department managers that had been with me for a long, long time, yeah. which was hugely valuable to the new owner to have that kind of institutional knowledge that was already embedded in the company. And they were right. already running those departments anyway. And that was my greatest fear was that once I told them that I was selling the company, they would bolt and the sale would fall apart. Yeah. Um, and, and so that created just an enormous amount of stress un, until and the way we handled that was. And I think I, of all the things that I do more things wrong than I do well. But I, I think the way we handled that was probably um, one of the highlights of that whole sales process. Um, but. The, 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 so part of the transaction was that the owner or the buyer, the future new owner, had to pay me a non-refundable um, deposit or escrow or I can't remember the term for that. Anyway, there was some name for that. It was basically a, 
And, and I basically said, look, I'm not telling my employees that we're doing this until that check clears. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if, and the owner could back out, you know, I could tell my employees were selling the company, not the owner. And if the buyer gets cold feet or changes his mind or, you know, has something oh. come up that prevents him from buying the business, it's like, it, it's a high wire act. And all of a sudden things get really, really, uh, they feel really, really dicey. And so that was the first step when that, um, that's bugging me. I can't remember the name of that. Uh, it's the same thing that you, you, it was earnest money. It was not yeah, okay. fundable. Yeah. Earnest money. And so I knew he was serious because that, that I, whether he bought the business or not, I was keeping that money. Um, yeah. So and I knew was he was significant sum. So it, it kept his, you know, everybody felt good about the transaction. So that's good. Yeah. Well, then, and, and then the in next terms of, of during the process, how close to closing did you get that earnest money? Was that like within a week of closing or was it much earlier? No, it was a lot earlier. And I think that was one of the things we did well. Okay. In the in the transition. And and I had a lot of other people, a lot of, a lot of other employees that weren't managers that had been with me 13, 15 you know, years. So we had, we, had a, we had a group of people there that had been together for a long time. Yeah. So it was at least, I would say at least two, maybe three months before the transaction, before we closed, yeah. I got that earnest money and, and we told the, the crew, we told the company. Okay. And, um, and so I had a, that was, this is, I think comes back to where we started the conversation. You know, I had a, a rationale. It was like, you know, I, we just moved this business. No lift had grown out of the facility and our company knew that. The employees yeah. knew that. And they knew that my business partner was retiring. And, and so when I came to them, I was just like, look, folks, um, I work enough as it is. And I just, I can't do both. And we've got a, a buyer who shares our values who what and truly, and I would say miraculously, I mean, the fit was, was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I I need you guys to understand why I'm making this decision. I don't want you to feel like I'm abandoning you. But, you know, just like you all may decide that, uh, you know, that, that things change. I, I'm at this crossroads and I, I have to make a decision. I can either run both of these companies poorly or I can take this opportunity to kind of put um, my focus into one enterprise and let somebody else step in here. And take this business to the next level because I'm I've got it as far as I can get, um, and with the time I've got, it's probably not going anywhere else. And and then we very quickly introduced the new owner. Um, he it, it, and I don't I don't think it was that meeting. It wouldn't have been that meeting, but very soon after that, the buyer, the new owner, yeah. um, started coming down. We introduced him. He had time to kind of meet with people and. And so it was, I think our situation was a little unusual. And the, and the gentleman that bought our company is just an absolute gem, absolute stand-up guy, um, has done a phenomenal job of, of taking the business for what it was and uh, leading it to places I was not capable of getting it. And, and he's done that with pretty much the entire team. I think two years later, virtually every employee is still working there, which is that's, shocking. That's fantastic. I think that's... You know, people talk about having, if you're making a big change in life, is it because you're running away from something or you're running towards something? In your case, you're running towards something. So that conversation with your people was much 
much easier. It made a lot more sense. Whereas if you were running from something, you were just burned out and had to get out and you were just whatever offer you get, you're taking. It's tougher to have that conversation. And then three years later, how many of those employees are still with that new organization? So, yeah, I think all yeah. that ties in together in terms of, of preparation, starting way ahead of time before that date is that you want to exit the business and being ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they, they, uh, they understood the team understood. And then we started the, that kind of the next phase, which is okay. What does this transition actually look like? And the, the, the new owner started coming in and man, he was going out on install. He was going out on templates and just, you know, he was just kind of getting familiar with the business. And it's like, well, you can, you can learn on the job after you buy it, but you're not, you might as well, <laughs> might as well come down now and start getting to know people. And he did. And yeah. I think that that was hugely significant and that contributed a lot to their trust of him and the new owner. Yeah. Uh, of Okay. You know what? This is, this, he is a good guy. And, and, and we, it was really fun. I'm a vest guy and I had this Crowley's vest and people used to always give me a bad time. Cause I, I wear jeans and a vest up until about August, you know, when it's 95 degrees, <laughs> I'll take the vest off. Yeah. Uh, and we had this ceremony, probably it was on the it was in the earlier stages. Once folks had kind of got to know um, his name is Dan. Um, once they'd gotten to know Dan a little bit, we had this ceremony where I actually took the vest off and and handed the vest off to him. And this was before we actually closed. We had he had not bought the business yet. Yeah. Um, so we did some fun things that I think we yeah, like I said, we did well. And I Good. think that helped in transition for the crew that was like wow um where, where does this leave me you know they're asking yeah. that's a legitimate question um to your point about abandonment you know being abandoned there <laughs> ed thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you what a what a pleasure man always my pleasure it's always a lot of fun it's all it's one of those things that we almost need to schedule some regular time because whenever we do get together we we tend to go a while we got to catch up a little bit So this was a little shorter episode, but hopefully gave you some really good information to think about. And uh, look forward to our, our next episode, which will be our last one with Aaron, talking about the process of selling this business. And we'll get a little deeper into some of the uh, technical aspects of it and also uh, have some closing thoughts and some takeaways that I think you might find a little unique. So until next time, happy fabricating. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fabricator's Coach Podcast. If you've got any additional questions about this particular episode or anything else, please check us out at fabricatorscoach.com. Thanks.